It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Yesterday, we tweeted out that we were going to ask for some questions from fans who are newer to the game of hockey. So, you know, hey, Panthers are good. They're the number one team in the Eastern Conference. People are getting on the bandwagon. Obviously, they're competing with the Heat playoff run, which is still going to draw a ton of eyeballs. But, you know, some fans are looking into the Panthers and getting excited. They've got questions. So we want I want to take a few minutes towards the end of this podcast to just answer some of them that we've gotten so far. We can also throw out some of our own that we've gotten from people. The first one I want to start with is a question that came from one of our Twitter followers. And I'll get to his name because I'm terrible at this. He asked, what is the deal with the rat tradition? How did it start? So who wants to tell the story of the rat? I feel like it should be Roy because him and I are the only ones that actually remember it. Uh, okay, so I, I don't remember who they played. Rude. But uh, wow. You're right, <laughs> but like, ouch. Yeah, well, I don't remember who the Panthers played that night. But uh, Scott Mellonby in the old Miami Arena, 1996 killed a rat that was running around the locker room like he killed the rat and a little snapshot into the uh, the garbage can or whatever and that night melanie scored two goals and i guess a couple games later or whatever fans started a fan may have thrown a toy rat onto the ice and then it kept building and building from there as the panthers kept getting points and eventually getting into fourth place and making the playoffs. And then all of a sudden rats started flying onto the ice after every goal and all the way up to a lot of momentum all the way up to the cup final. (laughs) Well, you saw that first goal and Patrick raw had to hide under the uh, hide under the uh, goal to avoid getting hit. So it it was a crazy time. (laughs) Yeah, there's not a more iconic photo in Panthers history other than the Bill Lindsay goal than uh, Ron Tugna and Patrick Waugh hiding inside. The, well, no, Patrick Waugh didn't hide in there. He stood out. He defiantly stood outside of it. Uh, and after the first period of that game, after he'd given up two goals, told his team, no more rats will fly. And that fucker was right. He shut us out for the last uh, eight plus periods of that series because game four ended in like quadruple overtime. Yep. But yeah, that's pretty much the essential. Uh, that's the story. Um, the yeah, the other, the only thing you missed, Roy, was that uh, after that first game, it was John Dan Beesbrook who dubbed two goals and a rat kill a rat, rat trick. trick. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's how the story got out. And yeah, a fan the next time that Mellonby scored threw a rat on the ice, and that tradition just grew and grew. And you had twenty plus minute delays as rats were raining down. Uh, I mean, it was the, one of the, the best pictures of it is they were saying you can't throw rats, you can't bring rats. And then there's Wayne Huizinga's wipe with a huge trash bag uh, in the first row of rats, just throwing them over the boards. <laughs> and it's like, 
you know, this sweet older lady just with a bag of plastic rats throwing them over. What are you going to say to the owner's wife? Like, what are you going to say to? Yeah, what are you going to say to the owner's wife? But like, no one cared at all that it was being, it wasn't allowed. Like, Orkin sponsored the uh, the rat pickup, and they had a timer (laughs) on it. It was, it was just, it was one of those phenomenons. Like, if you know, for the the younger people who are also Marlins fans, like when Don, like when Dontrell Willis was a rookie. And you know, D train mania, and you had the guy who was with the big train poster in the outfield for his starts. It was like that, but on another level, because it's just, just one of those things that captured the imagination of the entire city. So obviously the NHL shut that down. And that brings me to the next thing I want to talk about with the rats. Because the, the question I get from my friends and family who, you know, grab tickets to the playoff games, it's like, hey, do they still rat throw rats? The answer is yes, they throw rats. However, it is only after the game is over and the Panthers have won. We are not allowed to throw rats during the game, not after goals. I mean, it didn't happen as as much in the Islanders series, but I remember in 2012, there were games where the Panthers would be streaking down the ice for an empty netter and rats would already start being thrown onto the ice as play was happening. One, that's dangerous because players can trip over it. Two, you're going to give the Panthers a penalty. And three, like, do you not know anything about jinxes? Why are you throwing rats before the goal is even scored? And they uh, they did jinx uh, the Panthers eventually because, yeah. as you remember, uh, Vincent Trocek got tripped. And uh, yeah. yeah, speaking of tripping. Yeah. 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 So, so, yes, you can bring rats. They're, quote, unquote, not allowed, but no one enforces it just like in 96. But you can buy rats at the uh, Pantheon, by the way. No, they don't. Do, do they still sell? Yeah, I no. thought they stopped selling. They stopped selling them. Yeah, they I, stopped selling. I them think I heard that, that they're bringing them back, but that's just well, here. I got this then. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, got, got, a, I've got one. Yeah, you got one. <laughs> the one I've, I've got, I'm going to hold on to until the Cup final. I've, I've got one. It's, uh, it's right like, over uh, there. It's I, I can't throw one from the press box. No, no, I would. Why you've got that. the height there? Like, I don't no, think because the... the curtains are there, and I got the catwalk. Uh, so that's true. that's true. Like, I'm going to have to side on that thing, and I don't think I'll be able to do it. Well, well let's let's be honest. If they're about to clinch and they're at home, you're going to run down. You can come down to my seat in club level, and we'll celebrate together, and then you can run to the uh, post game. Ah, yeah, <laughs> I did do a fact fact check on the the rat trick game against Calgary. Season opener, Calgary, okay. season opener against Calgary. I know it's totally irrelevant. It was the season opener. Wow. It was. Yeah. It was. Um, it was a season opener. Yeah. I just want to uh, credit Sam D Man one two three two one on Twitter for that question, and it was also asked by uh, Jay uh, Jay Shatara at t- uh, TV. Both both had the same you question. Really, so. you you really tried on those names, Alex. I mean, you really did. <laughs> and we credit you for it. So uh, I think it was Adam, like at FLA Panthers Punk or something like that. He said, a lot of the new fans have trouble with the offsides and the icing rules. So I'll do my best to concisely explain those right now. So there's three main lines on a hockey rink. There's the center ice line, and then there's the two blue lines. Don't forget the uh, goal line as well. There's also the two goal lines. So there's technically five. Uh, as far as offsides goes, the blue line is considered the entry point for the offensive zone. And when a team is trying to enter the offensive zone, the puck has to completely cross the line before a, both skates. I think it's both skates. I don't, I don't, I think you can have one. Yes, skate it's across. Both, yeah. It's both skates. Both skates yeah, you, cannot you can be stretch. You can stretch with one skin on the line. Yeah. Both skates cannot be fully across the line. As long as part of one skate is on the line before the puck crosses the line, the play remains onside. But if, a, if somebody goes into the zone, for example, before the puck is even past the blue line, and then the play goes into the offensive zone, then the play will be offsides. And, and we're the, talking about possession here. We're not, we're, not, yeah. we're not talking about loose pucks. Like you can dump in mm-hmm. so long uh, as you're tagging up and touching the blue line, you can go back in. Right, right. And also, you can skate backwards. If you have the puck, mm-hmm. if you have possession, the, uh, the puck possessor can actually skate backwards into mm-hmm. the zone mm-hmm. uh, because he's possessing the puck. He can skate backwards into the zone without the puck crossing the line before him. Yeah, th- those are uh, two of the, like, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Basically like two, two other examples, but generally the offside rule works as such, as long as the skates don't completely cross the line before the puck, the play will be onside. Otherwise it's offside. And icing was implemented basically to prevent teams from just like dumping the puck all the way down to prevent, you know, getting scored on uh, in order to put the puck past the goal line, which stretches all the way across the ice, by the way, it's not just within the goal, you know, within the two uh, posts, it's all, it's all the way across the ice. And so in order to put the puck past that line and not get called for icing, which is a uh, offensive zone faceoff for the other team, you have to get across the center ice red line before well, you can. Yeah, they, put no, the, puck the, in. the actual term is you have to gain right. the center line. Yeah. So you can actually dump in and not cross the center line. Like this has got to be like what two or three feet or whatever, but mm-hmm. you have to gain the center line for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you start your motion to dump in before you get to the red line, but before you release the puck, you're at it or just, it's not. They don't, it's not a hard and fast rule where they religiously mm-hmm. uh, officiate it. Like, if you're close enough, they'll just give it to you. Kind of like the old uh, neighborhood second play, second, yeah. base, um, second base, like close enough, they'll give it to you as long as it's clear you're not trying to gain, the, gain an advantage by dumping it too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I do want to add about offside is the rule was recently changed that your skates do not have to be on the ice for it to be onside your skate can be above the ice, but as long as it's still above the blue paint, it is considered an onside play. Mm -hmm. And if that wasn't detailed enough, the rule book itself, it's actually like pretty easy to understand. I was a little bit surprised, but like I've referred to it at several times in the past and like been surprised at how like concisely I was able to find a pretty definitive answer to what I was wondering. So just Google basically NHL rule book and you can control F for offside or icing, or if there's like a penalty call, you don't understand like roughing or elbowing or, you know, something along those lines. Elbowing is pretty self-explanatory though. Yeah. It was just something that came about. <laughs> I mean, if you put somebody <laughs> in the face with the glove on, that's roughing. I mean, basically. Yeah. Um, and also obviously, I mean, I have to mention it because it's icing, like no icing on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. So you gotta mention that as well. Yeah, uh, and that just kind of transitions us into the next question from one bad Steve on Twitter again. That's one bad he, Steve, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great name. Yeah, so he, simple. He, where's one good he's, Steve? Yeah, one yeah, bad yeah, Steve. He's across the street. Um, he he also asked, "What is icing?" He asked if we could explain the penalties and why some penalties have different times in terms of how long they length. last. Yeah, yeah. different lengths. All right, um, so for the most part, most penalties are minor penalties. Those are worth two minutes in the timeout box. If no, something, box. G- the general rule the is if box. something draws blood, that becomes if a, a, if a high-sticking penalty. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it is subjective because, it's a little I mean, subjective. if it's attempt to injure, then you got yourself major or match penalty and then game mm-hmm. misconduct. Mm-hmm. So it's subjective depending on the referee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's another place um, where I would refer to the rule book if you're like wondering about specifically, like, can, you know, roughing be a five minute penalty? Can slashing be a five minute penalty? We just saw in the uh, Detroit game last week that there was a uh, five minute penalty given for a slash because it was ruled that uh, the slash had the de- deliberate intention to injure. So that's an instance where you can give out a major penalty for slashing. Mm-hmm. And there's various other penalties that work like that. I probably could give an example of this. Uh, the 1996, I think it was in February. Um, uh, I was, uh, well, I'm just drawing a blank. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> You're good, Roy. Um, you know, it was the it was the Detroit Colorado game uh, in Detroit. Um, Claude <laughs> Lemieux was not expecting it, and um, oh man. I- I literally just talked about him a couple of weeks ago. I forgot. His, I just forgot. I think Claude Lemieux. Yeah. Was Claude oh. Lemieux the guy that got hit or? Yeah. He, yeah. He had the total. I uh, think it was like Darren McCarthy, right? Yeah. It was Darren McCarthy. Darren McCarthy. Uh, that is an example of a, that could be a five minute roughing call then <laughs> because he pummeled him and Claude Lemieux had to, had the total. And then 
he skated off the ice bloody and then everybody cheered and then Darren McCarty scored the game winning goal. But yeah, I mean, um he, he won't be able to buy a drink for the rest of his life in Detroit. But no. yeah, that, that's an example of if if that happened today, that would be five a suspension. minutes and a suspension and Claude Lemieux <laughs> wouldn't get eight. Claude Lemieux had it coming though. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah it came if- for a year. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to know how big of a piece well, two of shit years, actually two years, because he was on the, uh, he was on the devil's team that beat them in the cup final. And then he went to Colorado and did what he did to Chris Draper. If you want to know how big of a piece of shit Claude Lemieux was, just think of how much everybody hates Tom Wilson, Brad Marchand and Milan Lucic and just combine it all into one player. That's how much of a piece yeah, and of then, shit like, Claude double Lemieux it, was. Maybe even triple it. But they don't yeah, make them like that. Why are anymore? we ignoring players like nope. Zach Ronaldo and Rafi Torres if we're talking okay. about just dirty, hate, hateable players? Nobody paid attention to the Coyotes. That's why I was trying to Nobody keep it current active guys. players that everyone hates. I think about Rafi Torres a lot, actually, because of what he did to Marion Hosa in 2012. Yeah, but that's yeah. like the highlight of his career because he's a nobody. But yeah, Hawk- if you're new, go ahead. If you're new to hockey, just look up like some of the Avs, uh, as. Avs Red Wings playoff series from the the mid nineties. And it's just a completely different game of hockey where you're skating around with your elbow high, just knocking people in the head. And it's not even a penalty. It's not even an elbow. Like it's just play on. Yeah. I remember. Oh man. I remember this one game. Ah, man. It was stars Rangers. Right. And Mark Messier elbowed and he's famous for those elbows. He elbowed Mike Madonna so hard. He knocked him out. Before he fell, and he fell and hit his head on the ice, streak of blood going towards the boards as he slid towards the boards. And then MSG <laughs> showed Mike Madonna on a gurney. They were trying to wheel him into the ambulance, and they dropped the gurney. <laughs> I remember this, yeah. I they can't remember where I saw it, but I remember seeing this recently, actually. And Sam Rosen, who did play-by-play, is like, I can't believe we just saw that. <laughs> I was like, for, first of all, they don't normally show no, they don't. that. They don't normally show in, in the bowels of the arena them putting anybody in the ambulance. That that's that, that was shocking. And then to have that happen, now we know why they don't anymore. Yeah, I I, I get it now. There's a good video on the Secret Base SB Nation YouTube page about the rivalry between the uh, – Red Wings and the Avalanche and the Lemieux hit having such a huge part in it. I I, I recommend it. I thought it was a, a good watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, major bridge work there for uh, Chris Draper afterwards. And Dino Cicerelli's famous line after these series on the, during the handshake line, like he couldn't believe he shook that guy's freaking hand. <laughs> man, that 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 was. That was serious, man. And, and, and that, that was and hockey in the 90s. <laughs> and that brings us to uh, one bad Steve's next question, which is explain the hockey code. And that's one of them right there. It does not matter how much you hate your opponent. At the end of a playoff series, you shake his hand. That is like rule number one in the NHL is you shake hands after a playoff series. What's yeah, number one? Number then, Jake? What's number rule one, number one is don't touch the goalie. Rule yeah, number okay. two is don't hit the superstars. Rule yeah. number three is don't is shake the hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rule number two is uh, superstars get calls. It's it's just the you know unless as long as as long as they don't play for the Panthers, <laughs> as long as they don't they don't play for the Panthers or your Connor McDavid last year. Connor McDavid this year gets all the calls as he, he should fin- though. Like let's be let's be real, he should. Oh, he should. Like, what was ha- like? What happened last year's playoffs was absurd. Where in four games, he drew zero penalties, even though like it was like he was like there was a, an infraction of infractionable call every other shift. It was like something like twenty missed calls. In you four you don't games. find it believable that the Winnipeg Jets just locked down the best offensive player in the world? You, you just don't. <laughs> you don't think that's plausible? Nope. <laughs> Me neither. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the main thing. With remember the when the Jets were good, that was a fun time. <laughs> well, I, I enjoyed. Tamu uh, Solani was on the team. It, it's been a while. I was gonna say. No, I, it's only been like five years or so. I'm talking like 
Kyle Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor, Blake Wheeler, Toby Enstrom, Dustin Bufflin, Jacob Truba. Like I'm talking that Jets team. And that Dustin Bufflin situation up in Winnipeg, that not exactly a happy ending on that one. No, uh, yeah. no, no, not at all. Well, Alex, I, I did, get... did anyone in our in our mentions ask how to spell Bufflin? No, Why they would didn't. they? Because he's not in. He's not even in the league. That's fair. But I, he I kind of dropped off the Bufflin. face of the earth. Did anyone ask how to he's... spell Shifley? I learned how to spell Bufflin when he was in Chicago because I, I yeah I was saying that entire first uh, cup run for Chicago like watch out for Dustin Bufflin, watch out for Dustin Bufflin. All of a sudden, he's on the first line as a forward. I'm like, I told you. Watch out for Dustin Noted fourth-line right-winger Dustin Bufflin, eventually converted top-six winger, eventually converted defenseman. Yep. Well, he was a defenseman first, then he got moved forward, and then got moved back. But, yeah, um, I I did remember one more thing on the code. If you take a run at a – well, if you take a run, period, especially if you take a run at a star player and hit them in a way your opponent deems uh, was out of out of bounds, and they and they challenge you to a fight. You must drop the gloves and answer the bell. Uh-huh. Yep. That's absolutely part of the code. That's that's gone away uh, in a big way the last few years. But if you still do like, and this is something that will like last weeks and months, you still have to answer the bell. The perfect example is the David Booth hit, where mm. Brad Richards or no, Mike Richards, right, Roy. Had to have been Mike Richards because Brad Richards yeah, is not a fighter. Yeah, Mike Richards basically destroyed David Booth's career with an with a shoulder to the head. And when David Booth finally recovered, like a year and a half later, the first matchup, Booth challenged uh, Richards to a fight, and Richards obliged. Like that fight code, like that, it you might have to wait years before you have to answer the bell because that player is finally healthy, or you just never match up against that team again. And you are expected to drop the gloves and oblige a fight. Right. The, the unfortunate thing is Steve Blake would never be able to fight Ty Pertuzzi. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and that's that's bad. But somebody has to fight Ty Pertuzzi on uh, in his behalf, and they did. Yeah, the, the days of goons like that are pretty much gone. You know, there's still the Wilson and Marshan types, but like. They're not goons, though. They're still, like, good hockey No, no, they're not goons. They're, they're more just dirty. No, yeah, like, Brad Marchand is more of a rat. Tom mm-hmm. Wilson, I want to call rat. Uh, yeah, I want to call more, him a pest. He's more no. of, like, a... I don't even know. He's not, he's not really a goon. He's just known to do, like... A hybrid enforcer. Yeah, oh, he's an enforcer, I, yeah. To me, anyone who's not willing to drop the gloves unless it's, like, an absolutely obscene case is a rat. Like if you play that kind of game where you're constantly agitating and you're not willing to drop the gloves, you're a rat. So to me, even though Tom Wilson is a bigger guy, he's a rat because he never drops the gloves. You'll only drop the gloves if it's someone who is much smaller than him. And to me, that's a rat. And it's the same thing. Brad Marchand's a smaller guy, so he never drops the gloves. Well, but also like, for the first 15 or 12 years of his career, Marchand would just run around the ice doing whatever he wanted because he knew if anyone – Fucked with him, they'd have to answer to Zendano Chara. Chara. Yeah, yeah, I mean, player in the league. Anyone listed the best. at six foot nine. Might be uh, his final few games coming up here. Yep. By the way, that's it. Could that's be. it. Retire where you started. Yeah, I don't see Chara as someone who's taking a victory lap. I think, I think he's done after this one. And let's be honest, he looks washed. He's oh yeah, and yeah, I'm... he's done. Uh, last slow qu- skate up the ice and slow skating back. And that's, I mean, that's, he's been slow for a while. That's one of the reasons but, the Islanders missed the playoffs. Don't want to don't want to put it all on. You're him, telling me that Lou Lamorello took a chance on a slow but physically strong player? Yeah. Shocking. Well, sometimes Shocking. it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It doesn't work when your entire team is that. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Last. When Last question. 18 of your 20 players are that because Anthony Bovillier and Matt Barzal do exist. Now, last question from Uyghur fan Steve, and this is more of a fun question. More Steve's, geez. You know, it's the same uh, one bad Steve. No, it's the same person. He just had multiple questions. No, that's the one good Steve. Yeah. That's a good Steve right here. Well, he's a Uyghur uh, fan. So. Evil twin which, slash good twin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is a Uyghur fan. Uh, which which uh, jersey should I buy? Not a UFA who is about to leave or someone who's scratched constantly. I mean, uh, Barkov. Barkov. Yeah. 
Huberto, yeah. Duclair. Uh, Huberto's only got a year left. I would not oh, buy no. a Huberto jersey until the extension. It wouldn't, be, wouldn't be on the top of my list, but like at the same time, I'm not telling you not to buy it. Like even if Huberto does end up leaving in free agency, which I ultimately don't think will happen, like that's still going to be a classic jersey. Like he's sure. one of the best players in franchise history. Yeah. Yeah, unless you – I mean, not to say, like, someone like Sam Reinhardt or uh, or uh, Carter Verhage is a deep cut, but, like, if you want, like, one of the stars and you want someone with term, Barkov is the obvious one because he's got an eight – he's got eight years after this one. Yeah. Um, Aaron Eckblad has, I think, four Ekblad's years left. Four or five years left, yeah. I wouldn't buy a Bobrovsky jersey just because, let's no. be honest, he hasn't been worth the contract, and I think as soon as Zito can – find convince uh bob to move and find someone who's willing to take that contract bob is out the door so spencer that means you gotta knight, get a spencer knight jersey then yeah if you want a goalie uh, spencer knight's the goal the jersey i'd get if you want to um, risk a prospect anton lundell is the way to go but he's not a prospect yeah. he played like 60 games this year uh in my in my definition you're a prospect while you're still on your elc okay well and it's also just a matter of it's like do you want a jersey that you're going to be able to wear to games and not have to worry. I mean, I don't think you have to worry about Anton Lundell having like, you know, dropping off much, but like, if you want someone where it's like you go out on the town in your Panther sweater and people know who you're talking about, it's well, Barkov, yeah, and Huberto. Right. But again, we're, we're talking to people who are new, not someone who wants a deep cut jersey. Uh-huh. I get a Duclair jersey. I mean, yeah, see, a good so option. here's, here's how I would tear it. Tier one is Barkov, Eckblad, Huberto. Like, those are your – everyone's going to know them. Like, yes, those are your guys. Tier two is Reinhardt, Verhege, Duclair. What about Weger? Maybe you can throw Sam Bennett in there, too. Weger? And Weger. Well, Weger's got one year left. What about – Well, right, yeah, that's why I was hesitant to include him, but uh. – But you put Huberto in, so – Well, yeah, but who – Come on. <laughs> yeah, but everyone expects Huberto to sign – and it's also, they've had severely different impacts on the franchise in their time here. I mean, right now, they're having similar impacts. Just to be Right fair. now, sure, but Huberto's been here for 10 years. Weir's only been an NHL regular for three. Huberto's a multi-time All-Star. He won the Calder. I mean, I know that doesn't really matter when you're picking a jersey, but like... Yeah, that was forever ago. Huberto's had a much more substantial... Ten years ago, impact. or nine years ago, whatever. No, you know who else won the Calder? Tyler Myers. Uh, here's the other here's the other option um by the way like if you really if you want to uh to do something interesting that everyone will get that is always acceptable yager no no don't put yager on adidas he never played in it no no, no you no, i'm not saying on adidas but well, then you gotta fanatics. go find it you know fanatics fine then Luongo. look like like i'm gonna respect the beret i'm gonna respect the luongo you know, go out and get that Jovo even, you know, if you Listen get a CCM. And, and, and honestly, I know I'm going to commit a Jersey foul that Jacob and TJ are going to disagree with. If you're really worried about the person leaving, put your own name on it. You're a diehard fan. You're loyal to this team. Put your name on the Jersey. That's not a Jersey care. foul. It's just not uh, that I would. Do. It is a Jersey foul, but I also don't care. There, but there's a lot of people who are vehement. Jersey foul. That. How is that a Jersey foul? TJ? Yeah, I, I don't think that's a foul at all. Because Whatever. A, a Jersey foul is as long as the what you're wearing was never used in a game, like a, the replica of what you're wearing, you know. So, like, if I were to get a reverse retro that says Weiss on it, that would be a, a Jersey foul. Well, yes, that is a Jersey foul. Right. That's a jersey. I or think Anton there's something Lundell. different when you're putting your own name on a Jersey, because then what you're doing is saying, like, I feel like a part of this team, which is entirely fair. Your own name on that Jersey will never leave in free agency, will never be traded. You are a part of the team. Yeah, I mean, at that point, like, respect that. I you're removing any suspension of disbelief. Like, what do you mean? I was never on the team? Like, are you serious? No, I... I, I was I, never I, captain? I, what does the C here yeah. for? Are you telling what? me... Are you telling me that... Uh, I, I, was trying to, I was trying Roy to think scored of like 150 a, goals. I was trying to think right. of a PG-13, a one Kraken. of those, like... I'm going to get know, a Bellamy Seattle jersey. We're, <laughs> we're, we're doing it. <laughs> I was that named captain be, now. I'm in my second year. 
congratulations if we can can find a a reasonably priced one of that that would be a pretty decent like thank you for joining the podcast the past couple couple years i'll keep my eye on ebay i'll I'll find a huberto and i'll just take the nameplate off and we'll put bellamy on well it's not a huberto it's a seattle kraken jersey oh it has to be seattle that's right it'd be a pro jersey or maybe maybe Mm -hmm. we just get him a jersey because he's probably not doesn't i wonder if we can get those customized I don't do jerseys. Yeah, you also can't get jerseys customized. You can. I get custom, actual custom jerseys, man. Thank you very much. That's how you do it. Yeah. Shout out to Exclusive Pro Sports. Uh, Who is still holding our jerseys hostage? No, they're not. (laughs) I have them. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited for. Why do you think? Why do you think I'm trying to hang out with you guys this week, and you won't return my calls or texts? I feel like Stan. You guys got new jerseys, new Panthers jerseys. Yeah, yeah, my oh, these my, guys I are have always two Panthers jerseys that just came in. I mean, these are the first I've got. Are they authentic? Like a year. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we just got them from the shop, basically. Like I, I got my reverse retro customized oh my God, with so Hagee. Who did you How get your, on yours? Or did Mine you get a reverse retro customized? Away Ekblad. I think it's an away. Um, maybe yeah, it's I think not. That's right. One of them is an Ekblad. <laughs> the other Panthers jersey is a '96. That I got customized to be a Billy Lindsay jersey. Oh, that's right. Yep, that's a how much? How much is it? The jersey itself, I think, was like thirty-five bucks. It was not expensive. Oh, an authentic jersey. It's a replica, but like you know, CCM made it and everything. Ah, well, what about current jerseys? Yeah, the currents are authentics. Yeah, like I get my. How much are those? More, I don't remember. I, got, I, don't uh, think, I don't think I paid the full like blank authentic price for the one that got customized to be an Ekblad that I sent the EPS. No, I got yeah, a, it. was like a I season got, ticket holder discount or something that we used. I got a uh, one from. No, like, I one think it was from Reverse Retro. I don't think I. I think I got one from Dick Sporting Goods for like eighty dollars, and then I sent it in to get a Barkov uh, and the C on it, and that was like in another seventy-five. So. Oh, my Captain Mark Stone jersey is coming back. That might age poorly. Did you uh, get the uh, the Captain? portion on the uh shoulder patch so i yeah, yeah i got I, that i i had yeah. a blank vegas jersey and i was holding it to get customized like i literally had it the year that vegas uh the year that vegas existed i bought a home jersey because i love them oh, as they're, soon they're as they great. traded for mark stone i was like okay i'm holding this jersey out mark stone will be named captain one day and when that happens, I'm sending it to get customized. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened. Yep. And now it's back. And uh, you'll be able to wear it while they miss the playoffs. You're that's probably... fine. I have a Captain Mark Stone jersey now. I'm fine yeah, with that. Fine. That's Mark very Stone. on brand for me. What's He's... the fourth that I have? Um, it's not remember. a Panthers jersey, I don't think. There, There is a Penguins one, but uh, McCann oh, got traded, God. so we took his... Uh, we we took that out of the. Uh, I paid for. Uh, how about you throw that in the garbage? How about that? Okay, I'll I'll uh, look it back up. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, we we do not stand uh, the Penguins when Roy Bellamy is on the podcast. Well, Jeremy no, the only gone. the only Penguins player that I would actually go out of my way to represent is Jason Zucker, uh, and that is Jewish. only because he's Jewish. <laughs> okay, so getting back on track, I got another fun question from Brad M. Epstein. Prepare people for what playoff overtime with a rooting interest feels like. Well, oh, it's the most exciting thing in hockey. Oh, my. I'm going to go with this, and you guys tell me if it's too much. Remember that time in high school when you forgot to study for a test, and it was something, an actual test you needed to do well on, and that fear of, that feeling of terror from when you got on the bus to go to school, got to school and you're just trying to scramble and learn whatever you can because this is a massive test and you did nothing to prepare for it that feeling of terror now imagine that for every second of the overtime period times a thousand because anytime the puck enters your zone you feel like you're gonna throw up that's what it feels like i would say uh you're in a police chase and um you're getting chased by the cops and uh, because I just said that twice um, and it doesn't matter how long it is. Like it could be a chase like OJ, you're going through several counties, uh, OJ Simpson, you're going through several counties and you're being escorted technically, but, or it could be a quick chase, you know, you like going a couple of blocks 
And you never know because it could be single overtime. It could be centropo overtime. You never know. And you either escape or you'll get caught. And can I add something? Because I actually really like that. And you have a Kalo Colombian Bam Bam in the car because you're guilty. <laughs> like, yeah, this is not a uh, oh a good police chase where it's going to have a – it's like, you know, everything is good. Like, nope. you're fucked if you get caught. Yeah, you got powder on your nose. By the way, Colorado I don't think I have an anecdotal no explanation that uh, that I could use to describe playoff right. overtime. Those two were both very beautifully done. I, 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 I You're welcome. Have, I used to have terrible anxiety during just regular playoff games. Just like when it was going on, like I just couldn't enjoy them because of how anxious I was. Like not even during overtime. And uh, thank God it's not that way for me anymore. I, I just want to say, like, wow, I, I'm I'm just so thankful that it, I can actually watch the games and not just be totally, you know, arrested by my anxiety. No angst, no angst for you. Yeah, the the only OT story that I can remember right now is the game seven against the Devils. They think went two OTs or three, two. Two OTs, even though there were intermissions, because, oh, that's another fun thing about overtime is there are no TV breaks during the period. They just get the Zamboni out there really fast. And oh, they, have a, they have a break at the 10-minute mark. 10-minute mark, oh, yeah. They, they recently oh. changed that. They recently okay. changed it. Okay. So there is one break. So even though there are intermission breaks, I had to pee like a freaking racehorse and didn't pee because I was so scared about leaving my seat. So that's how scary overtime is. I, you know, that game. But they lost, so you should have left your seat. Maybe they would have (laughs) won. I actually, as soon as the puck went in right in front of me, I ran to the bathroom, peed, and then came back for the the handshake line. So because of that, give me your emotional, like, pie chart when the goal goes in. What percent are you devastated that they lost, and what percent are you, like, relieved that you can finally relieve yourself? I was 99% devastated just because I was so convinced they were going to win that game. And especially after the gotch goal the tie with like two minutes left, I was so 99% devastated, 1% relieved. And the only reason it was 1% because I was dying. I had to pee so bad. Like it was one of those. And that team went to the damn cup and lost. Yeah. You know what the funny thing was, is like at the time, I knew that they were going to have to play the flyers because of, I think they were still reseeding back then. And like, I, for some reason I had it in my head that like the flyers were going to just wipe the floor with whichever team won. So like when they lost, I wasn't even really like all that upset. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, whoever the devils are just going to lose the flyers anyway. And then they ended up going to the cup. I don't, I don't know how that happened. Cause I just don't know. I guess that the Flyers and the Penguins, because they played each other in, in round one of that year, and they just beat each other up. That's that's the only reason why the Flyers lost. Oh, yeah, that was a good series. It was really yeah, that intense. Was a really fun series. This, that from was a neutral Drew, standpoint. That was Drew was, uh, and Crosby. On, was that Chris Pronger's victory lap? or was or Yager was Chris on Pronger the Penguin. Or Yager was on the Flyers. Sorry. That was, that was Yager against the Penguins. Yeah, that was, that was Pronger's victory lap season, too. Well, since Roy mentioned Giroux, we did get a question from Verified Giroux Niche Account. Are you guys taking care of Claude Giroux? And the answer is absolutely yes. We love him. He has been a fantastic addition to the Florida Panthers. Thanks for jumping on the bandwagon. And I have have decided that if the Panthers do win the cup, I'm getting a Claude Giroux jersey with the cup patch on it. He's going to be the second person to touch the cup if they do win. Guaranteed. Fourth. Fourth. Okay, okay. Thornton, Thornton's Huberdo, gonna be the second Giroux. person. I don't think no, no, I don't I don't know about I don't know about Huberto. I think he might succeed to Drew in that one. But yeah, Thornton would be probably he'll probably be second. Where's Luongo? Is he like ninth or is he gonna be like 25th? He's gonna know he's gonna be like 20 28th, probably 27th, because gonna be like yeah, give it to Brunette. and then old Samuelson. Yeah, you got exactly you gotta then, give it to Brunette. You gotta give it to Derek McKenzie. Mm-hmm. You gotta give it to All Samuelson, and then you gotta give it to Roberto Longo. You gotta give it to Bill Zito. Bill Zito, and then you gotta give it to the trainers, yep. and maybe Vinny Viola will probably be down there. You don't know. Well, that's a, that's another code thing that we can talk about. The NHL is 
And the NHL does it right, by the way. The NHL is the only sport where the first people to touch the championship trophy are the players who earned it. Every other sport gives it to the owner. The NHL gives it to the captain. And that's why you're hearing us talk about who gets the cup next, because that's a huge thing of like, all right, who gets the cup? And number two is, you know, either like if it's a team winning it for the first time. Sorry. What's up, TJ? No, no, sorry. I was just trying to make sure I'm in the queue. Go ahead and finish. Oh. Up. Um, if it's a team winning it for the first time, like the Panthers, there's a lot of, you know, up in the air, like, is it going to be Huberto next? Is it going to be Thornton next? Uh, or is it Ekblad? Yeah, it'll probably be Thornton, but I'm just saying, like, there's a lot more mystery to it. If it's a team that's been there before, it's always the vet that they brought in at the deadline or who's on there chasing a cup and hasn't been there. You know, the, the prime example is Ray Bork with the yeah. Colorado Avalanche. After 22 where- years. After 22 yeah, we've years, we've only seen that clip. After 22 years, Raymond Bork. We all love yeah. Gary Thorne. Oh, I love Gary Thorne. I miss him. Yeah, the fact that he wasn't brought back when the NHL went back to ESPN. I mean, but so he's like he's like 90, so Don't I get care. it. Don't care. Bring bring it back for like Game Four of the Stanley Cup Finals. Just yeah, just one Vegas time. Going to overtime. Yeah, very very interesting. I was just going to say. And this is like one time I feel like I can speak authoritatively without being like, please like my sport. The Stanley cup is the best trophy in sports period. Not, not that it's like the most, you know, uh, momentous to win. Like everybody, everybody in the world dreams about winning the Stanley cup. Like that's probably the world cup or the super bowl, but the actual trophy, the Stanley cup is by far the best in sports. It's only one of them. I think there are two. I think there's three. three. Yeah. No, the, the end. Well, so, yeah, no, I mean, you're talking one, about the race coming up. There's one that stays in Toronto. Oh, yeah. There's one that Replica. stays in the Hockey Hall of Fame at all times. Oh, okay. Well, no, they're all considered authentic. Yeah. It's just one is one is the one is that the one there's the one that stays in Toronto. One that goes on display, like when they take it on the road, just yeah, to like marketing show one. it to different city different cities. And, and then there's one the team, and then one that stays with the team that won it. And if you win, I was the cup, forgetting about the traveling cup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, traveling cup. So yeah, if you win the cup, you get it. That's another thing that the NHL does that other teams don't do. You get a full 24 hours with the cup. There is a guy who is the keeper of the cup and whose name is ex- Phil Pritchard, Phil Pritchard, who that is a name fo- that for some reason, I just know off the top of my head. Yeah. He, Phil Pritchard. he yeah. follows the cup wherever it goes. So on every single the NHL of- pays this man. To just yes. babysit the Stanley Cup, his full time job, and it's a glorious one. So, like, you know, Carter Verhagen. How do you get that job? <laughs> you know, somebody white, so. white, white. To quote Roy, white privilege. Yeah. Fair. Two Americas or two Canadas in this situation. Yeah, two Canadas could be either. Well, well the, the NHL is based in New York, though. That's so. right. Like well, the NHL Americas. office, the league office is New York. So yeah. that's why yeah, that's that's right. was in Toronto. Can we just two North Americas? Yeah, there's two, two continents. Uh, but yeah, so you get a full day with the cup. Uh, you know, normally people bring it to their hometown. There's a parade. It's a huge deal. You get to eat or drink out of it. Babies are shit in the cup. Like it's a whole thing. Um, shout out Tommy. Yeah, shout out Tommy. Tommy's gonna poop. In the um, cup at some I'm point. not sure Tommy's gonna get that opportunity. What are you saying? They're not gonna win? No, I'm saying that Alex well, he's doesn't get know to anyone. Win. Jake, Jake, I don't want to hear this negativity. I just you miss. Oh, he wasn't here last podcast. No, like when they display it, like I'm just going to take Tommy and drop him in there. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you weren't here, <laughs> and, and, and we're going to get my moment with my my son sitting in the cup. That's going mm-hmm. to happen. Um, but yeah. That's, you know, the lore of the cup is something that just doesn't exist for any other sport. Like, yeah. Whereas, like, if you go see a heat game at FTX Arena, there are three trophies in the stadium for all of their wins for all their championships yep the nba replicates its trophy every year i believe the mlb does the same they do and so does the The nhl has three stanley cups total and and i'm sorry larry o'brien's just not that cool the vince lombardi just not that cool world cup not that cool champions league not that cool i could go on and on and on the stanley cup is i think the world cup trophy is actually very cool i think it looks stupid i i i 
side closer to Roy. Not necessarily. If I'm alone, then fine. It's just weak, you know? You got a guy holding up. You have a guy. Yeah, oh, there's no image. There's no image in sports of a player holding up the 35 pounds of silver. Exactly. That is the Stanley Cup. Exactly. That's that's just it. When you're grabbing it like this and holding it up and it just looks so small in your hands, it's not a trophy. Like it's like like you you cannot hold the Stanley Cup in one hand. You cannot do it. All these other ones, like like the only thing I like about the Larry O'Brien is that because the top is a basketball, you can palm it, and it it's it makes for a good photo. But like every single other cup, you can hold. I guess the World Series trophy because of the way it's shaped, yeah, you two hands. But you like could like pizza yeah, pie carry it. like a football. Yeah, you can't pizza like the, pie the the Stanley Cup though. Yeah, but the no. Stanley Cup it requires. Well, you could. Two hands. You would just have to have really good wrist strength and balance. I wonder if there's if a picture you, of Char if, doing if you it in want 2011. To the, to the person that asked whatever question sparked this conversation, if you really want to see what the trophy itself is all about, uh, look up the Capitals Cup win and just watch Alex Ovechkin accept the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's what I would suggest. Or like I've never seen a moment of pure bliss than Alex Ovechkin lifting the cup. That was joy. I wish I could have that type of joy. Yeah. And the in the fountain. That that's yeah, more yeah, than the, joy. the fountain one. The fountain one was iconic. Just that's more than joy. That's that's extra drunk off drunk off their ass. So yeah. well, every player gets. Did, their do you think they replicated it the when cup, they uh, kept it for like three or four days? Yeah, do you think they replicated yeah. that celebration when? Russia took Mariupol or whatever it's called. Thanks, TJ. That, that's, uh, that's <laughs> yeah, very topical. Yeah. All right, oh. we've got. I can cut that out. Don't worry. <laughs> we've we've got one more uh, rookie question, and then I think we need to wrap because Roy's been more than generous with his time. And yeah. There's another one from the Levitard show, uh, Levitard Discord, the secret Discord that I'm in, and you guys aren't. So suck it. Um, Sorry, I'm not even in it. Like I don't even know where it is. That's how exclusive uh, this thing is. That's how it's exclusive. No, I just don't know where it is. <laughs> it's on, do you have Discord, Roy? No. Okay, then that's why. Well, there you this go. One is I don't from, even know. What, I don't know what Discord is, and I graduated with a computer science. Uh, I have no idea what where to find this Discord. It's a it's a social media app for video Ooh. gamers. Yeah, it's sort of like yeah. Slack, but for gamers. Oh. But it's been like. It's cool though. Yeah, it's a more detailed WhatsApp. <laughs> okay. It's a more detailed. It's kind of like Facebook Messenger. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's like a Rubik's cube. <laughs> it's like the Stanley Cup. No, okay. This last it's question. like a typewriter. That's what it is. It's a last word question. processor. This last question is from Comimierda, which is a fantastic of name. Of course. Uh, explain Radko the Butcher and is leading the hits important these days. I thought this was a great question for us Ooh, to end on. This this is like this is that we could dedicate an episode. To the nuances of this question. Well, let's let Roy go first here. I have to explain what exactly Radko Gudis is and if hits are. Well, yes, checking is very important, very important to the sport of hockey. Like this, this is we're talking about wearing the opponent down, and you can do that with checking. And Radko is the fiercest hitter on this team. Like he's had some, the the art of the hip check so far that has almost been eradicated. But he's had some very good hip checks this season where he's flipped the switch on some of these players. He's legit wearing these teams down with his checking, and it's actually needed because otherwise, your forwards out there would be using a stick over here, like hooking and slashing and trying to take the puck away. Like you don't want to do that. You want to risk a penalty that way, like. Legally, you, you're able to check these players. They're getting hurt. They're getting tired. They got to pick themselves up. They need to get back in and play or get to the bench. Like So hitting is very important. And it might be board work. Might be it, Board work along the boards is going to be a lot more important. And Gudas can do that too. But hitting is very important in, in hockey. Yeah, the, the one thing I want to add and clarify, and I'm not sure if this is disagreeing with you or not, Roy, is I'm not sure because you didn't really state your stance on this. I agree that hitting is important. If the intent is to separate your opponent from the puck and turn over possession, yes. what, you, what you do have happen, and it's what a lot of players are known for, 
uh, a certain um, Erica Branson, especially, is making a big open ice hit. Um, and getting out of the play and being out of the play in the other side. You know. Exactly. And it's actually a mistake Radko Gudis made tonight on the first Boston goal where he went for an open ice hit check on an odd man rush, completely read it wrong, missed on the hip check, and what was a, th- a manageable three-on-two became a three-on-one with Huberto chasing, and oh. Boston got an easy goal. So that you know that is when hitting isn't beneficial, and it's not a good stat. You know, no. when you're separating the opponent from the puck and causing your team to take possession of the puck, hits are great, and they do have the impact that Roy was saying. You know, wears down your opponent. You can potentially injure them. You can do all these different things that wear them down. But if you're making a hit, though, the benefit of wearing down your opponent isn't worth the two-on-one you give up if your hit isn't perfect. Time no, it's bad. yeah, especially if you're missing checks. Like that's why they tell you, you gotta finish your checks. But if you're gonna miss and miss that badly to the point where now it's an odd man rush the other way, no, that's no, you're gonna be out of the play. Like, no, you're not doing anything helpful there. Mm-hmm. There, there's some other conventional wisdom with hitting that I don't necessarily agree with, but you know, also somewhat valid that like if you're hitting a lot, it means you don't have the puck. Yes, which Sometimes I think with, with Gudis, it's just a more uh, thing about his, his usage. Like he's deployed in defensive situations. So the Panthers will cede possession in order to not give away, you know, open ice or, you know, uh, odd man rush, just reduce their chances of that. And another thing is like the hit totals, uh, not the most objective stat in hockey, I would say. Uh, yes. Oftentimes, uh, it's the usual suspects. There's, yeah, yeah. It's it's not necessarily agreed upon what is a hit and what isn't. One of my favorite examples of like a, a home, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like some home cooking in terms of the scorekeeping is if you look at Henrik Ludenquist's uh, goal saved above expected at home versus on the road, it, it, it's way overcooked at home. Uh, so that tends to suggest that uh, they're giving him a little bit too much credit. Yeah, and the Panthers were notorious for that during the the original um, Luongo years. Yes, the Panthers were getting caved every night, but the shot totals were like being inflated by 10 to 15 shots a night to make that save percentage look a little better. And not as much of an extent, but that is also happening here. Like Gudis's credits for hits at home compared to on the road. There's a pretty substantial gap, if I remember correctly. So the fact that he's leading in hits isn't really – it's not, it's not a fair sample. There, but he's good. He's a good defender. Yeah. A lot of the times the guys that lead in hits, like you said, Erica Branson, they're not necessarily good defenders. Not the case with Gudis. And I think this was the reputation that kind of preceded him yeah. coming into Florida. But no, he's always been a good defender. He's also done well with outlet passes this season. Yeah. Like he's actually started uh, transitional plays that, is, that has led to goals for the Panthers. Like, Vegas's fate will be decided in a shootout. Well, is it their fate already decided? I feel like yeah. They they, I feel like giving a point to Dallas really screwed them. But yeah, I guess we'll see. So uh, watch this space. Well, real, real quick, and I know we really need to wrap. Is there anything that you've come into when de- talking to new fans that you want to go over really quickly in like thirty seconds or less? Yeah, nobody talks to me about hockey. <laughs> not, not a single new fan talks to me about hockey, not especially on the show. <laughs> well, I, I think that's about to change. Oh, I, I think people are going to hate me even more, and they already don't like me. <laughs> I, I mean, I was at Publix today, and there were three different people wearing Panthers uh, paraphernalia, which is a new record for me. Normally, I'm lucky if I see one a week, and three and one trip to Publix was quite shocking. Every other car now I see has a Panthers license plate or a Panthers bumper sticker or something like that. So I wanted a Panthers license plate for my new car, but I wanted it to like, look like the, uh, the heat vice yeah. plates because they had, they had a dark colored uh, plate with the Panthers logo on it a couple years ago. They don't have that anymore. They have a white plate with the Panthers logo in the middle. And yeah, it's pretty generic. The, don't, the they have, is, don't they have the blue one too? That's the one he's I talking about, it. I think. Yeah, oh. that's the one I'm talking about. That's the one I wanted. And I, I didn't find it in the registry. Yeah, unfortunately, the Panthers are one of the lowest selling license plates in the it's, state. 
in the state. Yeah, like they, there's literally apparently only like 1,300 of them out there in the entire state. So it's actually on the list of uh, plates to be um, no longer like taken out of service or whatever, out of circulation, excuse me, uh, in the next few years if those numbers don't come up. So, well, I guess we got uh, reason to think that they will. State. But yeah, I, 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 um, I, I think we covered pretty much all of the rookie questions. If you want to keep sending them to us because you have something else come up, we're happy to answer them. We're hoping that, you know, we're new people are coming into the sport and finding this podcast so we can help grow the game. Uh, as this shootout goes into round six with still no one scoring. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was a fun episode. Roy, you have been way more than generous with your time. We look forward to having you on again later in the playoffs so you can tell us how uh, Roy Bellamy on the Seattle Kraken has scored another 30 goals in five games because you're playing on pro difficulty. Hey, listen, I'm trying to win. <laughs> I'm trying to- I think you're succeeding okay. based on those numbers. Is yeah. your team 82-0? and 0? No, uh, I believe we were 70-something 2-5. and five. Oh, that's absurd. But yeah, uh, Roy, not that you really need to uh, plug yourself because everyone knows where to find you, but please plug yourself anyway. Anything you've got upcoming that you want everyone to take a look at? All right. Uh, I guess I give the old, the entire bio. Huh? Uh, I'm, just, I'm a senior producer at uh, Metalog Media. I uh, produce the Dan Levitard show with Stugatz. I executive produce uh, Montgomery & Company. Uh, coming up on Montgomery and Company this week is Adewale Agunlier and John Buttergrass. Oh, Bushi. Um, yeah. And I also segment produce uh, Because Miami with uh, Billy Corbin. That's on the big show. And this week on Because Miami, we have Nikki Freed. That should be interesting. That should be interesting. She is running for governor. Uh, she also recently posted a picture of herself on a plane without a mask, which caused some controversy. But uh, yeah, those are some really good gets. I mean, you've got Prince Adewale Agunle, you got royalty. Vegas is dead. <laughs> yes, as Vegas dies, but you've got royalty on the show. Vegas has Gross. missed the playoffs for the first time in no, they, they, history. They, it's not official yet. They picked up the but, point. But yeah, you got. Uh, I thought a Bush- Dallas win in any fashion ended <laughs> Vegas' season. No preparation only. There's no time break. Oh, Let's land the plane, Jacob. Let's land the plane. Anyway, rate us five stars on the Nintendo eShop. We've uh, already done that. Stop. Damn it. Colorado is leading, I believe. Yeah, they're, yeah, up, they're, they're up, up three, three one. to one. So uh, for the so the Panthers will they're still up by two points with two games to play. They still just need to make their magic number is still one. They just need to get one more point than. Colorado does to finish the season to clinch the president's trophy. And they're playing but, Ottawa. So that should be a uh, probably a done deal. Well, no, because uh, because Colorado has the tiebreaker. So if both teams win their last two games, Colorado Mm-mm, would no, get Florida's the, still ahead. Oh, Florida's still two Florida's points still ahead. Two points ahead. They got what the one. Uh, oh, you're one right. Point Excuse me. The, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. One, so yeah, the, yeah. The Panthers can clinch with three points in their last four games. Do I have that right? Yeah, yeah people yeah. people yes. will tell tell me if it, if it matters because I'm just going to assume it doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, rate us five stars on Elon Musk's Twitter. Five stars <laughs> equals five free speech points. Uh, ch- check out Montgomery and Company. That sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, that podcast. You, you, are, you guys are going to start talking Panthers more on the local hour with the playoffs coming up, I'm sure. So everybody check out the main show. You're probably like, oh, those guys don't talk about the Panthers. They only talk about, you know, the NFL and stuff. But no, they talk about the Panthers. They talk about the Panthers more than anyone else in this market. Like <laughs> uh, Joe Rose doesn't do it. Hawkman does it a little bit. Uh, yeah. Alex Dono used to, but he's no longer on any of the major Krantz stations. does a little bit, I think. Hawkman and Crowder do they sometimes do remotes from the arena? How do yeah, they, they never talk really about talk. the Panthers? <laughs> yeah, but most of the time they're just talking about drinking while they're doing the roads from the arena because oh, because the, the team was never interesting like this. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just saying, in terms of actual hockey conversation, the local hour on the Levitard show they do the most. And yeah, we really got to land this plane as everyone. I'm getting a rap signal and the land plane signal from. Uh, <laughs> I'm from just sick of looking at your faces. It's really grating. Hey, yeah, man, I, black don't crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Nah, this face is cracking. I got and gray everywhere. In the Thanks for listening. <laughs> Not you, Roy. Not you. The rest Thank of these you. guys, though. Thank you. Please moisturize. <laughs> moisturize. Exfoliate. Yes. What else? <laughs> yeah, but that's it. We will be back. Uh, Hydrate. We're gonna we're gonna have a bunch of content for you during the playoffs, Roy. We'd love to have you on again. Uh, hopefully, you got I, I some time that, available uh, for I think us. Roy's not gonna accept that invite based on how this has gone. I mean, if I'm at the game, then I won't be. Okay, good night. (laughs) There it is. Good night. Good night, everybody. You guys are boring. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.